Hello, everybody. This is the Winning in Winnipeg podcast, where I talk to top performing business owners, executives, entrepreneurs, and local Winnipeg celebrities. I get to learn who they are and how they think, and I get to hear their perspective about what's really going on in Winnipeg and their business. Today, we're happy to have the president of Treads by Design, Eric Baudet. Treads by Design is one of, one of Winnipeg's largest, if not the largest supplier of construction and custom staircases to most home builders in Winnipeg. They've been growing incredibly over the last few years and under Eric's direction, have been the biggest proponent of using computerized technology to ensure precise and accurate quality. Eric is a father, a husband, and the president of a construction company, the trifecta of insanity these days. We've had the pleasure of having them on site for most of our builds and continue to watch them grow their market share. There's so much more I could tell you about them, but I'm just gonna let you tell them the rest. Bodie, nice Yo. to see you. Hey, thanks, thanks for having here. me. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you made it. You made it much earlier than I did. Well, it's, it happens. We're we're busy. Yeah. You're also a father and you own your own business. So you know what it's like? It's ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. Um, okay, so one of the one of the cool things about podcasts is what it can like people either if they don't know you, mm-hmm. um, what they're gonna try to do is try to relate to you somehow. So what I really like about kind of hearing people's stories is that um, whether it's, you know, whether people are at the start of their career, in the middle of their career, Mm -hmm. uh, whether they've bought or built a business and exited or whatever, right? They can can somehow relate if if they're in the business world. So um, I really like that. So maybe let's let's get a little background on you. Take me through... uh, what it looked like, like coming out of school? Uh, basically, um, I guess I started uh, uh, at an early age, kind of wanting to own my own business. So at around 17, I uh, graduated at 17 years old and then uh, made my way to Alberta. So from uh, an early age, went to Jasper, started framing. So we framed the Jasper Park Lodge. Um, I f- framed all over. That's pretty iconic. Yeah, I framed uh, tons of stuff in Jasper, like um, uh, in Banff, Pincher Creek, Lethbridge, um, Drumheller. We did big projects in Calgary and throughout. Uh, and uh, big company, small company, like it was a yeah, maybe a twenty man crew, thirty man yep. crew. Yep. And then within about a year, I was running big, big job sites. So I had around ten guys that I was uh, leading, and then I, I did that for about three years. And they decided to start my own framing company in Alberta. So I had crews in Alberta working all over. And uh, after realized there's no place like home, I decided to come back. So started framing in Winnipeg, restarted with uh, new crews, new guys, and uh, did quite well, but never really liked the weather and uh, the climate and all that. And I gave myself an exit strategy of, of what's next. And, and I gave myself three years. And within three years, I decided to pick stair manufacturing based on the fact that we were always waiting for stairs. And in Alberta, we had to build our own stairs. So that's kind of where Treads by Design sort of took off. And uh, yeah, and the rest is kind of history, you know? So I, how, uh, how did you exit the framing company? Uh, basically I approached all the builders that I was currently framing for and asked if they would support my new business venture. And, uh, sure enough they did. So we started off with, uh, I, I probably had around eight guys framing for me at full time, kind of kept that on the side. And I started with one guy treads by design and that kind of took off. And now we're 
18 guys full time and looking nice. for another, you know, four or five guys to join our team and always, always. Yeah. That's been a struggle since COVID. It's just trying to find guys and manpower and right. Yeah. So, so how did you guys, uh, manage through COVID? Uh, we kept our doors open. You know, there's a bit of a lull for the first three weeks where everyone was uh, on edge and no one knew what was going. It sounded, uh, felt like the end of the world was was happening. And yep. uh, all of a sudden, you know what happened with the housing market. I mean, it kind of blew up. And and at the end of the day, uh, it kept us busy, kept my guys going. And, and we never felt a pinch. I mean, for us, our sales were, were better than ever. Yep. Um, we weren't in the restaurant industry. We weren't in all these other you know all these other industries that took a yeah the service that took a hit so yeah we uh we thrived and uh um it's just like i said struggling manpower wise and finding more employees and and that's what it takes to make it to the next level yeah yeah so take me through uh growing up was it like uh did you have entrepreneurial uh aspirations yeah. did you find that you were doing stuff like that um well, my dad's a psychologist, so he's not much of a carpenter by trade. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure he'll probably watch this and say uh, he's he's right. I don't know if my dad knows how to read a measuring tape. Uh, my mom's a nurse. My uh, great grandfather and my grandfather w were both carpenters by trade. Okay. So uh, they, you know, that's where I think I got my. I never actually got to meet them. Um, so that's kind of how it was growing up. The biggest thing about growing up for me is. Um, I've always kind of wanted to be in the trade and I, I wasn't really studious. I'll be honest. I, I, I don't have a, a red seal carpentry experience. I, oh. I, um, I felt like my parents, uh, were very, were very smart and still are <clears throat> that they, they put money aside for me to go to university, to take all these things. And for me, it wasn't my thing. And I want to prove to them that uh, you can be successful without going to school. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, that's one of the things that some people that can relate right so you just got to work hard at it and then that's kind of what i did so i proved to them that i was able to be successful without um you know going to university and, and taking some some career yep. i just kind of made my own career throughout uh yeah, my journey what do you think is the 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 biggest uh asset that you had or or the the catalyst for for my success for, for, for starting well like starting you've started a few businesses mm -hmm. and you and you've kept it going through mm -hmm. there and you know you found your niche in in, yeah. in this market but you know it's it's actually quite a big thing mm -hmm. like you know you, it's no big deal because it kind of i will say came naturally to you because it mm -hmm. seemed like that was really the only that was just what you did yeah. um but but why do you think you were able to do that um, I think I never really wanted a paycheck. I've always wanted to make my own paychecks. Yeah. I didn't want to make a, a salary. I think that if I worked hard, I could make uh, a very good income. And then, uh, so I think for me, the drive was, was, you know, to, to create my own destiny or create my own path. And that's kind of what I did throughout the years. Um, yeah, like I said, we're, we're growing. Our sales have been 25% pretty much every year. You know, last year, I think our sales went up 38%. So um, this year we're up 15% um, from last year's sales. Mm -hmm. So I think we're constantly growing. It's just, uh, I, one key to my success isn't just my drive. I, I, I think I've always hired the right people. So to me, I've always hired people who knew, who knew more than me. 
I didn't want to be that guy to tell people what to do. I want people to tell me what to do or people to guide other, you know, people in better directions. So I think that that was pretty much the key to my sex, my success throughout the year, whether it was, you know, running framing crews where I would hire a guy and I would learn from that guy. And even to this day, I'll still learn from, uh, from hiring a guy, uh, a bottom guy that maybe, uh, is sweeping the floor. You know, he might show me if I sweep backwards, it'll catch more dust than pushing it forward. And it's little things like that, that I love to, to learn from others. And I think that created a bit of my success is just feeding and, and grabbing what everyone else is, is throwing around at me and, and turning that into, you know, better opportunities. It doesn't hurt that you're personable and yeah. you can talk to people and, yeah. you know, friendly and, mm-hmm. you know, um, so, was there ever an, like, was the aha moment where you kind of finally decided to go all in on something? Was that like, when did that come for the stairs? What did that look like? Um, You know, I'm probably no different than you. I read a lot of books of, of successful people and uh, I know it sounds very cliche, but one of the things that I made me realize was, you know, you hear that saying, pay yourself first. You know, as a business owner, I think you struggle for years and years and years by paying yourself whatever the amount is, 40,000, 60,000, 100,000. But when you get to that point where actually, you know what your paycheck is coming in and you know what you're paying yourself, I think it just grows from there. And I think that's what people forget. I have a lot of friends in the industry that, you know, barely pay themselves because they don't want to pay much taxes. But at the end of the year, um, I'm not going to say the best thing to do is to pay taxes, but it, it means you're... you're there's success to it, right? Yep. If you pay business taxes at the end of the year, GST, PSD, and all this stuff, and um, to me, it, it it shows a sign of success, you know. So, yep. yeah, well, it's a clear indicator for yeah, sure. Yeah, right? it just it bugs me how every year most of my friends are like, "Oh, guess how little I paid in taxes," you know, and I say, "Well, guess how much I paid in taxes," <laughs> and they think it's it's the end of the you know they they're they're blown away on their they're saying, "Well, I can't believe how shitty your accountant is," right? But at the end of the day. You know, we had a, f- uh, a financial, or sorry, a um, just a really good financial year, right? Surplus. Huh? Yeah. So, so that's one of the things that I think um, to answer your question is when, when, not say that aha moment, but when I started paying myself, like it's just like, yeah, we can be profitable, but I just you inject so much money into your company that you kind of forget about about who started it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that that's. A really tough one that even, you know, I've struggled with that too, as far as like you reinvest everything mm-hmm. to the company, like this thing's going to work whether, mm-hmm. whether it wants to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Paying yourself first has absolutely transformed well, f- yeah, a lot of the way that business owners and entrepreneurs and everyone kind of goes about it, who is rather almost starving themselves to, to make this to thing To try work, to succeed, right? right? Yeah. Starting, yeah. Where did most of your clients come from and, and how do you get them? How, well, most, how do they find you? Yeah. Most of our clients is, uh, was word of mouth to start okay. off. Okay. And then after that, we also do some branding. I've, I'm sure you've seen our logos on our stairs throughout the city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you got, you I know, actually, I, 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 I borrowed that idea cause I thought it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Like from I'm me. Like, yeah. A hundred percent. Where's my royalty fees here? Well, we'll, we'll work we'll it out after this. Yeah. Later, yeah. Uh, why? I want that. Yeah. As far as like, why isn't my name on on, yeah. on the wall or yeah. the floor, mm-hmm. something like that? Right. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
Well, yeah. So it's one of those things where we have, uh, you know, thousands of trades throughout Winnipeg and they see our logo and, and people, they're walking up the, stairs. Walking up the yeah. stairs every day. And we, we got crews that call us or people that call us and say like, you guys are everywhere, you know? So it's, um, it, you know, branding's huge for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's. I- so word of mouth, uh, how much do you guys have a marketing budget? Do you, do you need no, to market? No, right we now? don't need to market right now. No, we are, um, no, we don't need to market right now. Uh, would I love to pick up more work? Absolutely. You know, our biggest struggle and, and I'll keep on saying that throughout the, this podcast is, is just manpower. You know, like I would love to grow. We pay our guys great. We do group RSPs matching. I match 5%. We, we, um, you know, have the benefits, we have flexible plans. We have flexible this. Like we, 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 you know, we're set up to treat our employees really well. Yep. I'd say eighty percent of my uh, my employees have been with me for three or four years minimum, yep. and it's just that revolving door or that twenty percent that uh, we we just need we need to get that twenty percent. Hmm. So for for us to for advertising advertising and stuff. Uh, our product speaks for itself. You know, we got guys that, uh, you know, will switch trades or switch this and start using us and we, we don't lose clients. You know, we've kept, you know, guys for years, we've kept them happy. You know, my phone's always on. It's, you know, it's beside me right here. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I'll be fishing on, uh, you know, on some lake, I'll pick up my phone. Like it, it's just, that's what it is. A business owner. It's, it's the grind, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Do you work only in Winnipeg and no, surrounding areas? No, it's kind of yeah. No, we work in uh, we work all over really. Yeah. Um, this week we just sent a, um, a semi load to uh, Ottawa. Really? Yeah. And then uh, two weeks ago we sent a semi load to Vancouver Island. We'll do stuff in Vancouver. We'll do stuff uh, in Ontario. We'll do stuff some stuff in Saskatchewan. So we we've sent stuff uh, you know not say all over by any means, but just stuff all over Canada throughout Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, coast to coast. Coast to coast. Yeah. Yeah. We've, um, we do a lot of high end stuff like for high end clients and builders, but we'll also, uh, do, um, uh, a lot of multifamilies, a lot of, uh, big projects like that, like big commercial jobs that require, um, multiple stairs. Okay. And, um, and I think we're probably one of the quickest in, you know, Manitoba for sure, let alone maybe Canada. And that's why they keep on using us because we could pump out the volume versus, you know, have, you know, we're not small potatoes when it comes to this stuff. So yep. we have the proper staff in place, the proper equipment. Like I said, we, we have the CNCs that cut all of our stuff. So we got guys the, in the office drafting all day, making cut lists and uh, yeah. Was, was that a huge change? When did you, when did you get the CNC? You know what? That was the first thing we ended up getting when I first started really? treads. Okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to, to set the bar high. And uh, we said, if we're going to do this, we're going to be the best at I'm it. I'm guessing nobody at the time was. No, no. I don't even know if they, I don't think anyone still does, you okay. know, uh, in Winnipeg. Uh, I think they've, they've invented these saws that kind of cut sort of things or they use skill saws. Uh, I'd like to think that we're probably the only ones that use that, you know, specifically for stairs and yep. other components. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Radius cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Radius cuts on arches for your projects and, <laughs> yep. you know, and it's funny because a lot of people don't realize, even though we, we might not be working on this project indirectly, we did do some work on it, whether it's not stairs related, but uh, you know, we got another project that we're doing some other arches on and yeah. So it's kind of that word of mouth where people say, Hey, you got one of these machines that can, you know, can do whatever. Can we, can we borrow it? (laughs) You know, 
So, and it's easier for a lot of the trades. Like it just doesn't pay for a guy to, to take out a string line and go 25 feet and do a 25 foot arch and, mm -hmm. and use a, uh, whatever the using a skill saw or a jigsaw. So for us, it's just, we plop it on the table, start cutting things and yep. it works great. Yeah. That's yeah. Sweet. So two part question. Okay. What was the hardest part about starting a business? Mm -hmm. And what is the hardest part now? Uh, the hardest part back then to start the company was uh, just not having time to really uh, do this stuff that regular people would do. You know what I mean? Whether it was, you know, watch an episode of Seinfeld. Live I, your life. <laughs> I don't I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Seinfeld. And people are like, what do you mean? It was, you know, this was the days of watching that stuff. So it's things like that, that, like you said, living your life. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't have much time. Uh, you know, I always strive to be the best. And, and uh, so I spent most of my time, you know, uh, creating procedures or, or doing better things. And, and so that was probably the toughest thing. Um, it had nothing really to do with financials for me because I never wanted to be from zero to a hundred. So for us, we, we, you know, we started with one employee, then it was two employees, then it was three employees. And, and then you get to a point where, you, you know, you're renting a little, 2000 square foot garage. And then you move up to a, we, we were fortunate because we moved to the country. So um, we picked up uh, an acreage there with, with already a shop that was 13,000 square feet. Yeah. So we went from, from, from renting a shop to, to, to buying our own property. Right. And so we had plenty of room. Our property taxes were less. The building was less. Um, so I think the way we grew was uh, you know, there's enough work in Winnipeg and Canada for everyone to get along. So to me, I didn't want to cut everyone's throat. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, you know, take over from, from the other guys, the other companies that we deal with. Uh, we have a great working relationship with a lot of the guys, the current stair builders in, in, in Winnipeg that, um, like I said, we, there was more than enough work to get around. So for us, it was just trying to build relationship with other builders and trades. And I think we've done that well. Well, I agree with you. Yeah, you yeah. guys have done it really well. Yeah. Um, and then the two, the second part question or second part of it was, uh, what's our biggest struggles right now? Maybe. Huh. I mean, we, we talked about uh, what's uh, the hardest part other, other than, uh, other than people, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. The hardest part is to kind of let go. Uh, once you reach a certain level, yep. um, it's just to trust the people you work with. Uh, we just hired a, a manager, uh, great guy. Um, he's been with me for, for 10 years. I've kind of groomed them throughout the years to kind of sort of take over. Yep. And, uh, we had this talk, uh, six years, uh, sorry, four years ago. So when he worked for me for six years and, uh, it was always the plan. Right. But I wasn't able to let go. I wasn't able to, and it's not that I didn't trust him. It's just, it's the biggest thing about it is you built this baby, you know, uh, through, you know, your career or eight to, tw or we've been missing, sorry, tw uh, 12 years. Um, it, that's my, that was my biggest struggle is to finally let go. And, and this year was the first year where I was able to go on trips. First year in the summer where, you know, we went to Vancouver, bought the family there. Uh, we rented a cottage on Lake of the Woods. Yep. Um, you, you know, where I got trips planned throughout the year. So it's finally time to kind of enjoy what, what, you know, what we've built throughout the years. Have you watched any Seinfeld? No, I haven't. 
Sorry, we'll, I haven't we'll, had a time we'll to even there. watch Seinfeld. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's on Netflix. Uh, it'll get there. Yeah. That was just crazy how, like, you know, going back to that Seinfeld episode, it was just funny because throughout my years, I just didn't have time to watch television. I didn't have yep. time to to do nothing. And, you know, I just, I worked, work, work. I worked six, seven hour, six, six to seven days, you know, 12 hour days. Yep. And uh, w- one of the things that uh, I'm, you know, key to my success is I actually lived with one of my bosses. So in the evenings, I was able to ask him questions, go through plans, read stuff. This is back in my framing days. So like I said, within a year, I was able to frame big projects, commercial jobs throughout uh, Alberta. Um, Yeah. So I think that's, you know, so if guys can relate, I I hope it's, they strive to be better or they, you know, or they're willing to learn. It's, it's not just showing up at seven o'clock and clocking in at five. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, you you gotta, you know, you need commitment. So how do you approach, um, how do you approach employees other than, cause you've had, you've had employees that, Mm -hmm. you know, have been with you for a long time, Mm -hmm. uh, three to four years for some of the. The, the bulk of them. Yeah. So that's, that's relative. That's yeah. really good in our industry. Yeah. I'd say, f- yeah, 14 out of the 18 employees have been with you over three years, probably even four years. And then, yeah. So, so how do you approach that? Like, is it a mentality? Is it, you know, procedures that, that just allow them to know where they're going? Like how, how do you look at when you're hiring someone new? Um, like I kind of stated before, I think a lot of the positions that I put my guys into, I, I, I feel like, you know, that they know more than me, you know what I mean? On all okay. these jobs. So I look for guys that, uh, so they have to have the experience. They have to have a bit okay. of experience, but I mean, we've groomed a lot of these guys from nothing to something, you okay. know? And, uh, I always think, and I don't know if this is the wrong approach, but I pay my guys well. And I've always thought that maybe that's a deterrent for them to leave because Mm -hmm. they know they're not going to make that much money somewhere else. Okay. That's fair. And, uh, that, that's one of the, the things that I do. And I give my guys a lot of freedoms, like uh, a lot of freedom. I think I, you know, every morning I I say hi to all my guys, you know, I, I have this, um, I have this uh, way of just talking to them that, that I'm, I'm at their level. I'm not better than any of these guys. Yep. You know, I, I, I wear regular clothes. I, you know, I don't, you know, show up there and, and, you know, think I'm better than them, yep. you know? And I think they, they kind of respect that out of me. Um, yeah. So uh, if you're asking me how to keep guys, I, I think I've done a decent job uh, throughout the years. Uh, I, I haven't lost that many, like the key guys and the core guys that I've had, I've, I've had for years and I, I, I don't see in the foreseeable future them leaving. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. What's something that you, th- that, that you believe that mm-hmm. goes against industry norm? Um, it's different now with COVID. You know what I mean? Like one of the things I would always tell my guys is there's no reason for us to, cause I've, I've realized throughout the years that I've, I've missed a lot of weekends. I've lost, missed a lot of opportunities. I'm, I'm not saying I don't have friends. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I've missed a lot of, of stuff based on the fact that I was away working that I always, I, I was zero friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I always think that, uh, there's more to life than work. Right. So it's one of those things where, um, I encourage my guys to go out on the weekends. I encourage my guys to take time off. I, you know, we, we all need mental break. Right. Yep. And I think in in this industry, people complain that, well, it's a nice day. Why aren't they working? Or, you know, it was raining yesterday and, and 
it's, it was Friday and no one showed up at work. And then today is Saturday and no, you know, no one's working. So I think to me, that's maybe an industry norm. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 No, that's fair. Um, what do you think the pros and cons are of operating a business in Winnipeg? The pros and cons is, uh, well, pro. Like, do you think it'd be different somewhere else? Uh, no. I mean, the cost of living goes up in every city, right? So I think that, you know, Winnipeg is known to be cheap. So they always say, if you can make it in Winnipeg, you can make it everywhere. Okay. Um, one of the pros I think in Winnipeg is it's a small city. Um, word of mouth is huge. And if you have a good name, it doesn't take long for it to spread. You know, if I lived in, in Toronto, I'm sure, you know, who the hell's dreads by design. Uh, no one will know who we are just because there's it's such a big city. Right. Um, so that's one of the pro. One of the cons is uh, the weather. Sorry. <laughs> you know, we have shit weather here and uh, <laughs> everyone knows it. And uh, yeah, we can't even get a sign an NHL player. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough sell. It's a tough market, you know? So I think that's uh, our biggest con right now. The people are friendly. Usual, you know, usually, Yep. but uh, you know, things have changed. Remember that sign? Well, maybe you don't remember that sign. Seinfeld in in the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Welcome to Winnipeg. We were born here. What's your excuse? Yeah, exactly. Is so. Where are you from? Winnipeg, small town. Yeah, yeah. I grew. I was born in Moncton, New Brunswick. Were you really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, came back here, and then from grade two to grade five, I was back in New Brunswick, and then in grade five, sorry, moved back and grew up in a small town. Yeah. And then uh, lived in the city. Do you ever think about leaving? Uh, Winnipeg, no. If I would, if uh, it would, you know, because the kids are older and I'm ready to retire and snowbird or something like that, uh, yep. you know. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not really planning on leaving anytime soon. Yeah. And neither of my kids, you know, going to be out of the house soon. So I have an 11 and 13 year old. So uh, yeah, busy with hockey, busy with uh, with life. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you balance? Do you think about life balance? Do you think about like the kids are getting, they've probably been in sports for quite a while or activities, you know? Yeah. My kids are very active. One thing, um, when we moved to the country, uh, uh, I actually own two acres beside my property. And, um, so we moved there six years ago, built my place there. And then, uh, based on the fact that I lived at my, sorry, I worked on our other property, which is on 5.5 acres. Okay. Uh, my wife said, well, you put the kids on the bus, you make sure you're home with them from the bus. Right. Just cause I live right beside my shop. And that was, it took me probably five years to struggle with that one because as a business owner, it was very tough to show up yep. after the guys are at work and leave before them. Yep. And to me, I don't think my, you know, I don't think anyone on their deathbed has ever said, uh, I wish I would have worked more. Right. You know, so it's one of those things where as a business owner, you struggle with all these little cliches and, and things like that, where uh, it's tough. You know what I mean? Uh, so we made it work. Yep. Yeah. Are you a routine guy? Uh, no, I'm kind of a sporadic guy, okay. you know, yeah. like uh, two weeks ago, I asked my wife if we can go to Vegas, you know, and uh, to go see Luke Bryan. 
because yeah. she, she's always wanted to see Luke Bryan. And I just love doing these sporadic trips like mm -hmm. her. So I think I'm not really that much of a routine guy. I'm more the type of guy that, you know, we'll have a conversation at someone's cottage and it'll be 12 o'clock and things get kind of boring. So I'll be the guy running on the dock, jumping in the water. You know, I just, I think there's more to life than having a strict routine. I, I don't know. Sorry. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I just don't think, uh, yeah, I'm not really that much of a routine guy. Yeah. I always think that there's really never a right and wrong. There's, yeah. there's it, does it work for you or does it not? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. How much does your, how much does your family, uh, impact? D do you, how much of your business do you bring into your family? I, like your kids, your. Yeah. I would say lots. Yeah. Yeah. Lots. It's uh, they, they know a lot of it. They, you yeah, include them, I, yeah. Yeah. I include them with a lot of things that, uh, that I do. I think I, I'm a little bit, uh, like I said, it, it it's tough because my phone's always been on my hip for yep. throughout the years. Yep. That I mean, when someone calls during lunch or dinner or whatever it may be, I, I still pick up, and I know it drives my wife's not nuts. But at the end of the day, you know, it's made me an income, and it's made us where it's we're at today. Yeah. It's built our name, and uh, you still have a wife. I still have a wife. So, that, so that's <laughs> yeah. A plus. Yeah. yeah, I still have a wife. Um, yeah, they know quite a bit. And to me, I think what school doesn't educate your kids is is how to manage money, right? Yep. And to me, uh, I try to, you know, get my kids involved in, in, in a lot of these, you know, show them how to spend money, how to save money. And I think that's important. That's one of the most important things, um, investing and all that stuff, right? Yep. Um, yeah. I feel like if, if I would have known to start investing at 18, I'd be retired three, you know, 10 years ago. Ah, compound interest. Exactly. Hey. So it's, it's things like that, that you, you know, you know, it's funny because the, you know, my kids had a school project, my oldest one, and it's like top 10 things you want to do. And when you're an adult and my kid is, is just funny because he, I, maybe I brainwashed him throughout the years, but he's like, you know, I want to own my own business. I want to invest at a young age. I want to, and I'm just kind of like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's kid? I know, who's this guy? And, uh, but it's very important for me, you know, like uh, it blows my mind how many, you know, people can't manage money properly. Yeah. And it's just sad in this day and age. And if they would have had a little bit more guidance, you know, whether it was in school or whether it was from a friend or parents, I, th I think it's, you know, a conversation that people should have. Financial education in schools mm -hmm. would would be benefit a game changer. Yeah. yeah, game changer for sure. Like how to? I think they teach you how to write a check. I don't even know. But, I think they teach you how to write. I think that's about it. The, back in the day, I, I, and what's a Maybe. check these days? I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's a, yeah. The kids will never know that. Yeah. Um, so you said that you you used to, or you still read a lot. Yeah. Um, who are, what are the biggest influences in your life? Is there, is there a specific person? Is there a I mentor, a book, know. a place? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure the biggest influence in my life. I, I don't know. I, I think I get pulled in every direction, right? Um, some people will say this and others will say that. And to me, it's, you know. It, so you're kind of good at. Yeah. Somewhat good at. things and putting yeah. them together. You know, like, I'll, you know, I read The Automatic Millionaire. We'll talk about that guy. I think uh, I read that one eight years ago and I started automating my things. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you just kind of got used to it and you just made it work, right? And everything, you didn't have to, you know, 
it just, it was just automatic. And it, to me, I was like, well, that was a you know valid point of the book. And yeah. maybe I didn't have to read the whole book. I could have just read the line. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Huh, look at that. Yeah, look at this. I hear 29 <laughs> bucks. Nah, <laughs> too much money. I'm good. Yeah, but it's, it's like I said, you, you get pulled in, in, in these directions. So I, I don't think I really have any, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I never really got pulled. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm, I'm really close to my dad, which is great. But at the end of the day, you know, he's a psychologist and I'm, uh, you know, I'm a tradesperson, right? So I didn't have much in common in, in or, or the uh, president of a company. Yeah, or the president of the company. Or, yeah. 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 But no, at the end of the day, I, you know, we had, you know, I, I love cars. He doesn't really like cars, you know? And yeah. um, I'm not saying that's a flaw by any means, but we, we have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. But I just, um, like I said, for great influence. I don't know. I, I think I get pulled in every direction. Hmm. So, yeah. I know you're saying podcast, you'd say whatever you want, but like, yeah, sorry. I don't have the right answer. There is no there, right there, answer. There isn't the, yeah. Cause there's, there's going to be people that legitimately. Yeah. Are the, are the exact same. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there, there's no right answer. Um, would you, if you could do it again, mm-hmm. go into construction again? Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely go into trades. That's one of the things that, um, coming from a small school, we didn't have any, uh, shop programs. We didn't have any, so trades wasn't even pushed. Um, I just feel that the school system did a a poor job on, on, uh, on promoting trades. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I, I feel like, you know, we were kind of the black sheep, of the industry or whatever of work. And, and, um, at the end of the day, I think those are the people who are making the most, you know, uh, I look at all my friends who either own a business or who are in, you know, who are teachers and, and there's nothing against a teacher and, and, and all these, these other careers they're, they're great. And I am jealous of that. Um, one of my regrets is not going to school, even though I say I'm, I'm not a school guy, I wish I would have taken something or mm-hmm. I wish I would have, but at the end of the day, I think I did the right decision at the time because when I was 18, 19 years old, I, um, no different than any other 18 year old, 19 year old, we'd party lots and have yep. fun. And, and, uh, I just didn't think at that state, I thought that if I went to university, I'd just be partying in university and wasting my parents' money. Yep. And, uh, but I look at my friends that I currently, well, so, sorry, throughout hockey and, and, uh, because that's how you meet friends nowadays is through your kids' hockey and, and sports and whatever. And the most successful people are business owners or people who run the trades or people. Um, yeah, so it's it's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. If somebody was starting out, mm-hmm. your top three kind of things for advice. So you mentioned financial literacy. Yeah. Investing early. Yeah. What's number three for someone that you would say, coming into either owning business or into the trades. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a piece of advice is find something you love. I think that's, that's probably the most important. I don't, I don't think there should be a financial reason or gain. Like why I hate what you, you know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta enjoy what you do. Yeah. You know, I it's enjoy a running career it. Of, well, hating, of hating it. If well, you, exactly. If you hate it. The biggest thing about it is I enjoy being a business owner, whether, whether it be in this or that, whether it was framing, whether it was in stairs, whether it's in something else and developing and, uh, or developments or whatever it may be. Right. I, I think, uh, I just love learning new things and, uh, eventually I'm sure there's something else on my horizon sooner than later, hopefully. Right. Yeah. 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 What do you love most about Winnipeg? What do I love most about Winnipeg? Um, <clears throat> 
Don't worry, we'll have the in, the inverse as well. No, no. Although the, I'm, I'll save you with that. And yeah, yeah, we can just both agree on the weather. Yeah. Um, the thing I like the most about Winnipeg is it's it's still a small city. You know what I mean? It's 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 easy to get around. Um, you know, uh, we have tons of nice places to go. I mean, I'm sure every city does. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg's like I said, it treated me well. Um, yep. And like I said before, I think if you could make it in Winnipeg, you could make it wherever. So I think it's a good starting point. If, if you're wanting to open up a restaurant, you try it in Winnipeg. If you want to try to, you know, you, a construction company, you know, there's a, there's a reason why a lot of these companies throughout Canada come to Winnipeg and try to start something off or they branch off into Winnipeg. Right. You know, they want to see where that takes them. Right. Yeah. So we used to say that in investment when, when way back in the day when mm -hmm. we were flipping homes, it's like, if you could flip you know, 10, it, 10 homes here a year. Yeah. You could flip a hundred, mm -hmm. you know, in other places For in sure. the States. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. So what do you wish that people knew about business or your business that most don't? Um, what do I wish people knew about like running a business or just in general? Um, you know, to be like, like I said, to be successful, you just can't be lazy. So I think a lot of people um, tend to see what I have or what I do, and they're just jealous on the fact that, um, wow, Eric's got this, or Eric bought a brand new that. And and I think people don't realize how hard I work or how hard a business owner works if they want to succeed, right? Mm -hmm. you, you can't, you know, you, you can't not answer your calls for a week and expect for that clientele to come back. That's right. So um, it, it's a struggle, you know what I mean? Every day is, you know, like here we are, 8.45 or 9 o'clock, we're doing a podcast where yep. you're trying to promote your brand and, and what you've done and and you don't mind doing these things. And, you know, tomorrow evening I have a meeting, you know, so people don't realize, you know, they just think it just, it was that easy for him. It's not. Every day is a grind. Yep. The and roller the roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. People always ask me how I, because especially firefighters, firefighters yeah. will ask me how it's going. And the answer is generally all the same. Well, yesterday was the worst day ever the mm -hmm. day before that was probably the best day ever i know and the day before that was probably the worst day ever yeah it, it's funny that you call it uh roller coaster i i just call it bipolar and to me it's it's that <laughs> yeah. extreme yeah and it's just even like um i didn't tell you this but i'm gonna tell you this now and i don't know why i'm saying it now i actually declined you a few times oh did you well i'm declined you to come here to do oh, the podcast yeah, the pod yeah. And the reason why I declined is because I either have really good days or really bad days. And to me, I, I just mentally wasn't there, yep. you know, where it just sucks the energy out of you. It sucks the, the emotion out of you. And I just wasn't ready, you mm -hmm. know? And, and, and I don't know if there's ever a good day. Sometimes you'll catch me on a great day where everything's good. And other mm -hmm. days it's just, you know, you're pulling out your hair, you know? So uh, that's, so that's why, you know, and, and I should have said that beforehand and because you know what it's like running a business, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, when you make commitments, you want to stick to them. But because we have that friendship, you and I, we've known each other for years yep. that I felt like, okay, I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I'll let you know when I'm ready. Yep. Let's do it. Yeah. So, oh, any, anyone who <laughs> made it through this winter and yeah. this spring yeah, in construction knows yeah. this has got to be the worst year in like. 20 years yeah 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 it's been tough and like i said i'm surprised our sales are up 15 percent from last year that's awesome last year was a great year and um it was a struggle like it's it's tough the the amount of water and we've had the amount of snow we've had in winter the uh, you know the 
the drastic temperature changes. It's, it's yeah. been nuts. But you were able to capitalize and and yeah. and you guys were you guys were ready for the influx. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Right. Too much work if you're not ready can absolutely yeah, just no, ruin you. Yeah, we've set up our uh, our shop to handle more work. Yep. Um, you know, we had building tables, we built more. Uh we've in, you know, increased our fleet, like we've we've bought vehicles uh which took, you know, several months to get here. Mm-hmm. Um so we you know we bought we bought trailers. So we set ourselves up. It's just you know, we'd like to get everything like all these trailers and trucks going, right? And, it's, yeah. and to me it's uh lack of in the labor force well there's always that there's there's always that chicken or egg yeah battle, right do you yeah. prepare for the work before it's happening do you mm-hmm. hire the people before you need them or do you wait till mm-hmm. it happens because quite frankly it's really tough to afford yeah things before they actually happen yeah right um take me through um best job worst job my best job ever your best job ever your worst job ever my best job ever. We um, legitimately can bleep out names. We yeah, can do yeah, yeah. anything. No, no, anything. no. One of my best jobs ever, I would have to say in 97, we had, we had the flood. Mm-hmm. I worked for the green team. So we did flood cleanup crew. And I'm sure you did as well, probably. I think everyone did. I no? wasn't here in 97. Oh, you weren't here in 97. No. Where the hell were you? Saskatoon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So in the flood of 97, we just kind of cleaned up crews, right? Okay. And or sorry, clean, we had a cleanup crew, so we would go to houses and clean up all the debris surrounding the flood area, and um, it was just fun. Great group of people; they're all like-minded. You know, sixteen or sorry, fifteen at the time, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen-year-olds, all gathering. It was just a big party. Like we just had so much fun working hard and and cleaning people's properties, and people were so thankful. So for me, yep. that was probably one of the most rewarding jobs. Uh, to you know. To say that uh, the funnest job, I haven't had that many jobs. I created my own sort of destiny, right? With with uh, framing at a young age from from 17 years old, leaving. And What uh, about experiences in either framing or, or for stairs? What do you mean by that? Sorry. Have you had any, uh, you know, really extravagant or crazy, you know, designs or anything like that yeah, that you we, guys have had yeah to do. we work on a lot of uh intricate designs um to me it's kind of like landing those those uh those jobs uh through across canada for me was was just a yeah, hoot, right yeah crazy. not many people know that so like, how did they find you like is that was that word of mouth was that well we, we work with a lot of the builders uh, that, that build condos that like the developers. Okay. Yep. So they all of a sudden start developing stuff in, in yep. other places throughout Canada. And, uh, they really liked our service. They really liked our, our product. Yep. We worked well with the crews and the engineers and whoever they hired for architects. Yep. And, uh, they just, is that care. trust? Yeah, yeah, they didn't care if the price was more than our competitor and in, in you know Abbotsford or, or wherever it was, mm-hmm. right? So to me, that was uh, they're like the McDonald's of stairs. Yeah, they know yeah. what to expect. Exactly. Every time. Well, yeah, exactly. So it was uh, to to me, it's it's stuff like that that we land that that doesn't happen often, and and to me, it just makes you realize, like you know what. I do feel loved, you know what I mean? Versus uh, people just using us because we're maybe a little bit cheaper, a little bit more. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd, I would say that would be uh, just a great experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I remember what I was going to ask you now. Okay. You mentioned writing procedures. What's that? Writing procedures. Yeah, yeah. So take me through like processes, procedures. How did that come about? How did you know to do that? Like procedures for? In Treads by Design. So you had mentioned building and working on, on Treads by Design. Yeah. And, you know, you enjoyed writing, writing, you know, how you guys do stuff. Because pr- processes and procedures, I'm just like. Yeah, yeah. I'm, You're I'm, in awe I'm, by it or what? I'm, I'm horrible. At, like my brain doesn't oh, okay. work that way. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, you know, when we talk about the book, like the e-myth yeah. or, you know, automating your, your mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. as far as like almost dumb it down so that, you know, you could have a monkey not yeah, yeah. Not, right, doing stuff yeah. and not having to think about it and yeah. specialize in stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not how my brain works. Yeah. Like I'm just flow charts, yeah. uh, diagrams like that is not me by any means. Well, like I was telling you before, um, it's just by uh, hiring the right people or, or people that know more than you. And, and to me, when you're asking me about writing procedures, I just, I kind of guide people in the right direction and then they start, you know, they have a different vision that I, you know, I had no clue what they were. And then that's what takes you to the next step. Right. So I, I kind of have a lot of, of trust and, and, uh, in my employees. So I think that, uh, like I said, that's what made us grow is just a great crew of guys and, and, and girls, you know? Yep. And uh, yeah. The, there's a phrase, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. What's something knowing coming on the podcast yeah. that I should have asked you that I haven't asked you that you thought I was going to. I, this is my first time doing a podcast. So I, you yes. know, I, uh, You're a podcast virgin. Yes, exactly. That's- so to me, I didn't, I didn't know what to prepare my wife was like, you know, what kind of questions? And I said, no, I don't. I'll just kind of wing it. I said, I've known Dan for years. And I said, it, it's, you know, we'll just spit out some stuff and hopefully it turns out right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, it's a great experience for sure. Yeah. So you are, I, I would like, I wanted you on because I've, I've always been, well, not only just happy with your service like you were just you were just the guy that i would go to right and and when i find people that it's just easy yeah and they do what they say they're gonna do yeah and if there's a problem you fix it yeah and you if like you talk through it no right Mm -hmm. i always thought that that was normal and it's not no not normal so you guys stand out a ton mm-hmm. in the industry it doesn't surprise me about how much market share you have mm-hmm. how well you guys are doing um i'm really happy for you guys i'm happy to have you on Good. on our sites and uh i don't think you need to tell me for a fifth time that people and hiring people that are that know what they're doing mm-hmm. that are better at stuff then you know that you don't have to teach them mm-hmm. i think that's a phenomenal lesson yeah i think that's like i said the, the key to my success is is hiring those people you know yeah mm-hmm. well i appreciate you coming on yes and i'm so happy that i'm your first podcast <laughs> yeah cherry popping exactly and uh you're welcome back anytime thank you love to come back thanks so much all righty